Autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio is an award-winning actor and is perhaps the most exciting young storyteller in film today. She made her debut as Addie in Dagny Looper's 2014 short The Lipstick Stain, went on to star in projects like A Midsummer Night's Dream, 37, and The Garden. She lit up the screen playing Beverly Marsh, part of an incredible ensemble for Andy Muschietti's It. The film earned over 45 nominations and 8 wins, including MTV Movie and TV Awards, and the Golden Trailer Award set numerous box office records and is the highest grossing horror movie of all time. She followed that up with It Chapter 2, went on to play the young Camille Preaker in the TV miniseries Sharp Objects that helped it earn a Golden Globe, starred in Nancy Drew in The Hidden Staircase, and the fabulous Netflix series I Am Not Okay With This about a teenager with telekinetic powers. She has an incredible natural gift of vanishing into her roles as she becomes these wonderful characters. It's It's magical. Her choices are brave, empowering, and she's an absolute delight to watch. At time of release, one of her most recent projects is newly available on digital and VOD, Blu-ray and DVD May 5th, directed by Oz Perkins. It is the phenomenal Gretel and Hansel. Joining us is star of the film Gretel herself, Sophia Lillis. Yeah! Sophia, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. I want everyone to know this is the second time we're doing this with Sophia. Our first attempt at this was decimated last week due to fluke tech issues involving kind of the perfect storm of distance learning that we're doing with our kids and decreased internet bandwidth. I don't know what was going on, but the fact that you were doing this again with us speaks volumes of just how cool you are, and we all appreciate it so much. Thank you for talking to me again. (laughs) (laughs) Every horror or horror adjacent project you've been a part of are all incredibly unique and inspiring. Are you a fan of the genre as a viewer at all? I I don't hate it. I like it a lot. I actually didn't really watch much horror films before it. I didn't really understand why people liked it so much. Also, I was just scared. But after it, I feel like it kind of... You know, after being in one, you can't be like, now I'm just never, I'm just going to go back to not watching it. So um, I actually started really liking it. I started really enjoying horror films a lot. I like Parasite. That's a horror film. Yeah, that's a horror film. Yeah, yeah, be considered. Uh, I love that. That came out recently. That was, I think, the last horror film I watched. We are such massive fans of yours and of Gretel and Hansel and are so excited to get the chance to revisit the experience of immersing ourselves in that world at home. It's got to be the most stunning and evocative genre release this year. We absolutely just loved it. Take us back to when you first discovered the project. Well, I read the script. The script was sent over to me and I read it and I I enjoyed it a lot, but I still really wanted to talk to the director first because I feel like a script can be good, but... What would really want make me want to work on a project is who is working on it. Because I feel like that's kind of the, the most important thing. In the middle of, I think I was shooting It too. I was eating dinner with Jeremy, a fellow co-star. I stopped briefly to do an, uh, kind of a Skype call with Oz, the director. And I totally... I enjoyed it before, but after talking to him, I knew for a fact that it was a project that I really wanted to work on. And I really wanted to work with him because he was, he, I could see he had a, a vision. He had an idea of what he wanted and just hearing about it. And he's just a, the nicest guy. And he really knows 
how to talk and he really knows to like how to say the right thing and the way he described the project was great and um he has a lot of charisma that's why i wanted to do it okay i started uh soon after Osgood Perkins, as you were saying, has an impeccable way with words, whether written or spoken. He's so eloquent. There's poetry in the way that you get to deliver these magical lines as Gretel in the opening narration and throughout the movie in that character. What do you notice about the way Oz writes that is very different to him? Well, it's written kind of like a fairy tale, which would make sense, which actually what I really loved about it because I felt it felt like it kind of separated it from other horror films. What I also really liked about the way it was written, it was very descriptive. And it's also because it kind of gives kind of a fairy tale feel. It's kind of, it feels like it's more for kids in a way that it kind of, instead of just like gory horror film that kind of probably shouldn't bring your kids to watch, it kind of gives an essence of, something from a book kind of how people remember Gretel and Hansel as when they first heard it about it by reading you know Grimm's fairy tales and I just thought it was such a interesting way to write it and uh, the way he wrote it was just perfect I loved it was there any challenge in maybe interpreting the kind of poetic lines that he'd have you delivered it was different a little difficult. It was a bit of a challenge, but I was up for it because I just thought of it as a lot of fun. And I have a few of my favorite lines ever said out loud by me. I just, uh, there was a one line that when I brought my uh, family over to watch the movie, um, there's this one line where Sammy, my person who plays my brother says something like, why do you always have to do that? And I say, I don't always have to do anything. I'm not a clock. And I have no idea why it's such a, well, it's not a normal line, but it it seemed like, like kind of like a regular line in the whole movie, but I don't know why, but uh, everyone in my family just completely lost it. And now they always say that to me every day. And (laughs) I mean, I really like the scene. I really liked the line before, but I've heard it too many times. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm really sick of it. uh, For a short amount of time, I love that line. I thought it was hilarious for some reason. And uh, yeah. So much of what you guys did had this wonderful and dark visual impact. Was the scope of this, any of this, did it reveal itself in the script? Was there any way you were able to get a sense of just how big and beautiful this would be from Paige alone and from talking to Oz? Reading the script, I really liked it, but it didn't really have full on, you know, it didn't really tell me how it was great, but it's kind of hard to get from a script what it will actually look like. That's kind of the whole cinematographer's job. (laughs) I mean, it sounded great. I could tell that the way it's going to be shot, it had to be shot and kind of like in the woods a lot. So what I got from Oz is that he really wanted to focus on kind of the visual. He was a very visual kind of guy. So when I heard heard him speak, I could tell that he, this is kind of what he wanted to focus on. And uh, he did a great job. It looked great. (laughs) But I read from the script that it it seemed like, oh, this is going to be very interesting. Because it's kind of Gretel and Hansel is very stylistic, you know, there's like, you know, there's the woods and then there's the candy and then the food. And so it's going to have to kind of have some, it has to have some visual 
something very interesting put into it. And it really exceeded my expectations. When you first had the opportunity to see it in its completed version on the big screen with this incredible score that's very unique and just just how big and beautiful the thing looked when it was all done. What was your initial feeling taking it all in for the first time? Honestly, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, usually when you read a script, that's one portion, then you actually shoot it and that kind of changes the script. It's different from before. And then when it's all edited and done with, it just kind of changes so much from what the original state was. I knew that it was going to be a little bit different, but when I watched it, it really surprised me. As you said, the music kind of made it into, it was more of a, instead of a horror film, it was kind of like a work of art. It was beautiful and there were so many colors and the the way it was spoken, it was different from what I was expecting it to be because when I did, I just did a horror film and then I thought, oh, I know what horror film is supposed to look like. And then I was sat there and I watched it. It amazed me. Uh, I didn't really know what to say. And I watched it again and again and again. And I watched it like around like five times. And every single time I, it blew me away. I kept thinking about it differently from when I originally watched it. Like the more I watched it, the more I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and the more I got something out of it. Are there any scenes in particular upon watching it and taking it all in that really resonated with you seeing it? In its completed version. Jeez, that's so hard because there's so so much that happens. I think it was seeing the the house and kind of there's so many different things in there and so many different things in the background and the way it was built. It was very stylistic. It was very beautiful, but it was I could see different parts of it that was just I never noticed before and the way the the lighting worked. I could see different stuff that was I never saw before that was that was the light shown on it. And uh, also the acting, Alice Kriege was fantastic. And the way she played the witch was, I got to say, very iconic. The more I watched her, the more I could really see different parts of her character. Before you think it's like, oh, she's the witch, the typical Gretel and Hansel witch. She eats children. Bad. And then you get to really see kind of into her fears and how she like eats children because fear she fears being close to her children and that's what she feeds off of and just all of that and kind of seeing how she paced behind me you can see her more agitated throughout the film and I never really noticed that when I first watched it but the more I watched it the more I could kind of see different hints of her wanting to make me eat my brother right which <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah in this movie you play a character who carries this movie mostly with your co-star samuel leakey who plays a hansel your brother what are some of the challenges in acting with such a minimal cast working with especially with family was not a challenge at all it was i loved working with sammy because that was one of his first big films by the end of it, he knew a lot more about the whole technicalities and the whole, you know, the whole different cameras, shot A, shot, you know, B, and it's just a wide shot. Am I in this? You know, when's lunch? Um, <laughs> he, just, he, by the end of it, he wanted to direct Gretel and Hansel too. Um, he had so many ideas for that 
uh, like Gretel and Hansel go to Hawaii or something. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was funny. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't wait. <laughs> His ideas were hilarious and made me really want to work with him again. I can't believe he hasn't worked on other things before. And I bet he's going to do a lot more. I can't wait to see what he does next. Filming in the woods in Ireland, were there any locations or scenes that were particularly creepy to shoot in? Yes. We had a night shoot in um, Hell's Fire Club, which is an abandoned house, supposedly haunted by the devil. The crew uh, who uh, picks the locations didn't know that before picking it <laughs> and were very surprised when they figured out, oh, it's actually really haunted by the devil, huh? Oops. <laughs> Oops. I didn't really see the devil. Sadly, I was actually really excited. I wanted to see what would happen. Also, because it was, you know, night, it was completely pitch black. So I should have seen something, but, you know, scary. But nope, nothing. I was very disappointed. But I loved that. I loved that day. That shoot was amazing. That was my one of my favorite days ever. How did Oz direct you guys in the infamous mushroom eating scene? What was he saying to you guys off camera that got those performances? He didn't say much. He just said, okay, so this is what's happening. Now sit down and, you know, do, do whatever. I'm, I'm watching. Um, and he just kept the camera rolling and watched me do things and <laughs> said, laugh, don't laugh, turn around. And it was just, but other than that, he didn't really say anything else. And uh, that was basically the whole day. <laughs> was it one day of eating those mushrooms solid like hundreds of those mushrooms uh yeah yeah buddy that's i think so that's what i remember um i think there was one other shoot after one other two other scenes after that that it was mostly just a lot of walking around the woods um and then eating the mushrooms and laughing a lot did they at least taste good oh they tasted fine they tasted great they tasted sugary it tastes like I was just eating complete sugar out of my hands, which is, you know, not a bad thing, technically, but kind of unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to talk about that scene where Holda is taking, removing the hair out of her mouth. And I was wondering if that was a digital effect, practical, and if you were in that same room as that was happening. No, that was practical. They had it like coiled up or something and then put it in her mouth and then she when she took it out it kind of unraveled so the whole thing came out that's what I was told I didn't actually see it because there was a camera in front of her face and a camera in front of my face so we did the scene together in the same room and on the same table but I couldn't see her face I could only see the camera and she couldn't see my face either so uh I just reacted as much as I could <laughs> I couldn't really see what was happening so I didn't really see the whole hair coming out of her mouth thing I could hear the reactions from everybody else and everybody else got to see it but me which was you know I'm actually very disappointed I really wanted to see that <laughs> but uh, it looked amazing and it was really funny hearing the reactions because I didn't I, I hear I hear it as I'm acting but I didn't see anything so I reacted the way I thought everyone else was reacting and it worked <laughs> I think <laughs> What was the gooey stuff that you put on your hands in the staff scene? What was that? Oh, yeah. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> what was that? Um, it looked almost like petroleum jelly. Yeah. Or like It looked kind of like sticky. I don't know. It was just that. 
gasoline, I think. Yeah. Oh, they, they told me it was all natural. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. I'll go with it. Yeah. Um, made my hands smooth. That's fine. <laughs> Do you have any specific favorite scenes to film? Oh, I like the Hellfire Club day the most, but what else? I mean, it was really fun working with everybody. I loved working with Alice. She was great to work with. And just to watch her act, it was much less of me acting and much more like just watching her act. It was very <laughs> enjoyable. I was like, oh, also I have to act. That's good too. I really love the scenes with the cats. I thought that were great. The hairless cats. I love them so much. They were so sweet. And they were so much better than my cat, who is also hairless. So they like kind of look the same. But he's a jerk, and they're amazing. Um, so I really wanted to maybe switch them up and see if they notice. Um. Have some cat wrangler freaking out, running to your house. Yeah. <laughs> no, please keep him. Don't worry about it. The costuming and everything in this film is so beautiful. Like all the dresses that you wore and Samuel the outfits and the hats and everything. What did you keep from Gretel and Hansel? Well, I wanted to keep everything. I love the outfits so much. They were like all made by hand and they're all like these people who worked on the props and the costumes were amazing. And uh, I think I gushed so much to them about the costumes that they just like felt bad. Like, oh man, we have to give her something. Um, And so they gave me the hat which I love and still have. And I'm actually really scared to wear it because it's so good that I don't want to like ruin it or anything, you know, in the city and all. But now that I'm like stuck inside and whatnot, not much can be done with it. So uh, (laughs) wear it inside the house. There you go. Gretel in quarantine. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) The Boo Crew will be right back. Did Oz keep the ending of the Gretel and Hansel script a secret from you? Did you know the ending before filming? Well, I I knew the ending. I read the script. It was there, but he did switch it up a little bit midway through. And, you know, there's a lot of when you act, it's not like in the middle of shooting, there's always going to be some changes. So by the end of the by the end of the day, but then when we shot the ending, uh, it was different from what it originally was. And the way it was edited, actually, it got bits and pieces got cut out in the end. So, yeah, no, I didn't know the ending, but it didn't end up that way. Oz has said that he envisions a film being part of a expanded fairy tale universe and maybe seeing Gretel go off on other adventures. Is that something you'd be interested in seeing? And would you have any ideas of your thoughts of what happens to Gretel after this point? I would love to see that. Uh, getting to work with him again would be great. And there's so much she can do now that she has... Oh, can I spoil the ending? Sure, we can. Yeah, we'll put a little spoiler alert at this point. Now she has powers and whatnot. She can do whatever she wants. I don't know. She could go on many different adventures. And uh, I think you mentioned this. And I thought that was such a good idea. She can be a part of other fairy tales, which I just think is such a good idea. She could be like a witch and, I don't know, Rapunzel. Um, And I feel like that's 
such a good idea. Sammy has so many ideas. <laughs> he can, you know, go into that writer's room and say a few. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, with that accent, almost to me, I was like, is he going to be the huntsman in Snow White or something? That, that would be awesome. Oh, that would yeah. be so cool. <laughs> I would love to see adult Sammy with his act. That'd yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> what did being Gretel and telling her story teach you as an actor? She's an oh, she. Well, it was it was hard to do the kind of. I, I realized the importance of how to say your lines because uh, the way it was written was very you know it wasn't very direct. It was very you know stylistic. So I had to say it in a way that was sounded like that. This is how I normally speak, and that was really hard to do. But I learned a lot from it. I feel like I now I kind of got a grasp on kind of these are different ways you can say it. And this is, and the way you say it kind of changes its meaning and so forth. So uh, I kind of learned a lot from that. And I always try to take away at least a little bit from what my character is going through and put that in my own life. The movie works so well as a gateway horror film for young people. It's not incredibly bloody. It's pretty to look at. Another movie you did that is a spectacular introduction to some family friendly frights would be Nancy Drew in The Hidden Staircase. That looked like a blast to film. The cast is so fun. And you get a chance to really work flexing your comedic chops in that one. And you just, oh, you, you. you did fantastic. <laughs> what are your memories of, of filming that? Oh, that was great. I really loved everybody working on it. And it was, it was such a relief to kind of do something that was not so incredibly depressing. Um, you know, my character was happy. She said jokes. It was great. And I got to really, I got to really be myself in that character, which is really fun because I'm, I'm normally a fairly, um, I, I like to crack jokes, right? You know, I, I like, <laughs> I like to, you know, be happy. And uh, being uh, Nancy Drew was amazing. I love doing that. I really love the books too. I mean, I didn't really read the books beforehand, but because I feel like this generation, well, my generation doesn't really read Nancy Drew. That was kind of, we had, you know, other generations of other, you know, other mystery books like uh, Encyclopedia Brown and whatnot. But people were really missing out on Nancy Drew. That was, I really enjoy, I laughed a lot. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a teenager, you know, it's supposed to be for kids, but I feel like it's for all ages, honestly. And uh, yeah. The way they wrote it was brilliant, what they did with the source material and turning into something so fun and so relevant. They did such a great job on that. And I mean, there's a like 175 books in that series. Is that a character that has there been talk about turning that into a big franchise? I mean, you play Nancy so brilliantly. It'd be great to see. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I don't. I've never really heard anything after that. But if they are, if they will, I, I'm on board. And Ellen DeGeneres was a producer on that. Was was she someone that you got to, a chance to work with directly at all through that process? No, sadly, I did get to be on her show for a short while, but I didn't really actually get to work with her now, which was kind of, which was, you know, it's fine. But yeah, I remember that interview so much. I was so nervous and I got to wear this really big pink frilly thing, which was, <laughs> <laughs> just you know, which was an adventure all in itself, and uh, I loved that was a day. Hopefully, I made a good impression with that 
certainly can't forget me. (laughs) (laughs) There is a spectacular haunted house in the movie, Twin Elms, owned by a character played by the amazing Linda Lavin, who I remember growing up watching the TV show Alice that my, probably my parents were, would watch. Yes. She's amazing, right? And you guys squared yeah. off so nicely with each other. Talk a little bit about that house. That house looked like it was animatronic. It was like a living, breathing haunted mansion. Oh, yeah. No, that was that was really fun to do because it was originally kind of like that. Well, it didn't really have all the pink frilly stuff and all the gnomes and everything, but it was, it was like a really old house that people lived in and I got to meet the owners there and they were great. Yeah, no, that was really fun to be in because they had, they added a different, like, for instance, they added like a different stuff, like the lights blowing up and they put something in, in the drawers so they can move it uh, manually as I was, you know, hopping place to place. Oh and yeah. I, I, the one thing I really took away from Nancy Drew is that, Hell yeah, I could do my own stunts. Uh, <laughs> so did you do that? Like that choreography where you're jumping on the drawers as they're shooting out? I felt so powerful within that moment. I love that so much. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be doing, you know, but they had like, you know, a, a stunt person there and they packed me up with a bunch of pads so I wouldn't, get, you know, get too hurt. But no, that was great. <laughs> that was my favorite scene, I think. That is so fun. And do you, so do you actually skateboard yourself? Oh, God, no. I learned for it, for the role. And I'm okay at it now, I suppose. I own a longboard. I still have it in my room. Can't really do much of it right now. But yeah, I should get back on that. But no, I, I, I do. I know a lot more skateboarding than I did before it but you know more than you know zero (laughs) yeah (laughs) so and then you went on to do i am not okay with this such a fun and poignant series playing sydney novak and everybody absolutely everybody is discovering this show and especially through lockdown right now and everybody turning to streaming Another strong and empowering character. Is there anything that leads you to make the choices you make when considering roles? Everything you've chosen is so impactful. Oh, thank you. Well, I actually kind of have a, what I usually do is that first I give it to my mom because I want to hear kind of more than one view on a script. So I like to give a script to my mom and she reads it and then she sometimes gives it to my stepfather and then he reads it. And we kind of come together and say, so do we like this or not? And what I usually try to find is, well, is the script good? That's the really important part. Is the role interesting to play? And is it a role that I haven't done before? Is it something that is not extremely similar to the role I did previously? Because I, I want to learn. I want to take new things out of every role that I get and I want to learn new things so I can expand kind of my range and uh, from that I can become, you know, a better actress. Uh, So another important thing is not the script, but the people is the person working on it nice. What other stuff have you done before? If I watch that, will I kind of get the gist of how he works, he or she works. So um, that's what I like to take out of it. Um, I like what I like to do. That's a no, it's a fantastic process. It's really unique. I love it. 
a lot of powerful moments and effect was achieved in your narration. How was that process played out in the production? And did you let yourself become aware during your performance that the narration would be such an integral part to the piece? Yeah, that was a new thing for me to kind of, I mean, I, I kind of did voiceover for Gretel, but this was different because that was kind of what I was thinking at that time. That was my thought process. And I, I should think that constantly as I'm acting, which was kind of like a, it was almost like I was juggling two things at once. It was almost like a multitasking. Like first I have to think I'm doing this, but at the same time, I'm also thinking this. And a lot of the times I'm actually saying one thing and then doing something completely different which was um, actually kind of fun and could be kind of comedic at times. It was different, but it was a, a really good learning experience. It was really funny kind of seeing everything and then, you know, saying saying something completely different as I'm watching myself. You know, for instance, like, I'm not in love with her as I'm clearly, like, in love with Dina. And it's it's really funny to watch me doing that. Just wanted to cut in with a little spoiler alert. If you have not seen I Am Not Okay With This and you want to at some point, you're going to want to fast forward ahead about three minutes and seven seconds exactly to rejoin the convo post-spoiler. The iconic ending is, I mean, it silences the room. It is insane and awesome. Was that moment achieved as a practical effect? Oh, yeah. Wow. There must be takes of you like laughing in shock. <laughs> well, um, for that effect, there was a lot of special effects into it. But what they did was they made like a, like they had like Brad, they made Brad's body and then had a balloon and then blew up the balloon with the other, filled with blood with the <laughs> other people around it. And then afterwards they made it look like that was Brett's head. Wow. Um, and, I didn't actually get to see it. Very sadly, I don't. I don't know when they did it. I think. I, what was I doing? I can't even remember. Maybe I was a crafty or something. And then I came back. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, we just did the head blowing up scene, and you missed it. They just didn't invite me, which was sad. <laughs> but no, that was so much fun to shoot because the first time they did that scene did that shot the the extras didn't really fully know what was going to go on they knew they had to stand there they did not know they were going to get a whole bucket load of blood splattered on them. so their reaction is real they got a good reaction out of that um i should say so yeah that was that was something else i have so many pictures of me posing with brad's dead body Um, everybody else that's funny I caught a lot of pictures out of that that I can't show to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, both for spoiler reasons, also because that's really troubling. (laughs) You don't want to get arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I sent it. I I did send it to my brother because I could. Like, I mean, like it's not like I'm sending it to like you know people, right? uh, People, but I showed it to my brother and he laughed. And there was this guy behind them who was like completely in shock. Exactly. That series ends on a real air of mystery. Are you aware who the last character introduced is? Oh, God, no. I don't know. I would like to know. Is that a world there's talk of revisiting? I mean, it's open for it. I, I would 
certainly hope so. I'm waiting for that season two green light. I really hope they do because there's so much that I feel like everybody wants to add on to it. And uh, I know, I know there's Jonathan has the director has a lot of ideas for season two. He's told me a lot of them and then says, Oh, I actually may not do that. So I don't really fully know what he's going to do for season two because he's told me so much. And he's also told me that he probably isn't going to do it. So I just want to see how it'll end up. And I'm really excited. I really want to work with everybody again. Oh, that's great that the mystery is still alive for you, too. No, it's exciting stuff. We got to go to your amazing work on the It series. You brought a Beverly who was spunky, intelligent, and brave, who had an incredible amount of baggage as a character and things to overcome. And she shows us how to soldier on. So how did you find her within you? That was my first real big role. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I did, per se. Mostly, I just tried to, whenever I read read, uh, my character, I try to find something that I can relate to. I like to do that um, to kind of, you know, not to pretend to be the character, but have the character change in a way that it would be kind of like me. So it's kind of the reverse effect. Yeah, I tried just to really relate her as much as I could and then use that. Um, it's kind of like I become her in a way. And I, I try to do that as much as I could. So it's so strange talking about it because it feels like so long ago. It feels like so many years, but it's probably actually not even three, four. I don't know why, but it feels so long ago. (laughs) It feels like at least like six years or something. What advice did you give Jessica Chastain about your character for it? Chapter two. Little to none. Uh, I knew that she was going to do great and I felt weird giving her advice. But I tried as much as I could. I tried to tell her how I thought about the character, kind of talked a little bit about the script and my role and kind of who Beverly really is. And all of the young losers were supposed to write write a letter and then give it to our older selves. But it felt kind of weird, like, hey, have a letter from me as my character. What are you going to do with it? Probably read it and then throw it in the trash. <laughs> Because uh, there's also you had a <laughs> along with the letter letter it was supposed to be a picture of us which was just really strange I felt because I feel like she doesn't need a picture of me that's just a weird thing to carry around like who is this is this your kid no <laughs> by the way what was in the letter what did I write Jeez, I don't know <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know. I was really nervous throughout the whole thing, so I kind of blacked out. (laughs) It sounds like a school assignment. Yeah, it does sound like a school assignment, for sure. A little bit. A little bit like a school assignment. You have so many incredible scenes as Bev, and I wanted to know, uh, take back to the bathroom scene and being like that huge gush of blood that comes out of the sink. The whole room's full of blood. Everything goes crazy. Take us to filming that scene. Well, what they did was we did the haircutting scene and then I think it was right after I could be wrong, but they had this like uh, a vacuum almost except, you know, in reverse. Um, and they just uh, had a whole thing of blood, but then they made my son double do it because I didn't, <laughs> you know, they don't want me to get in that whole messy business. So I just watched many takes of my, my double doing it for me. Being hosed with blood. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to cut you had to cut your own hair though, correct? Oh yeah, that's true. That that's true. Yeah. I had to cut off the extensions, which I was really nervous about because 
there was the only extensions that they had. And that was because that was the last scene they needed extensions in. They didn't really have anything else to do with it. So they're like, go ahead, cut these extensions. These are the only extensions we have. So we have one take. Um, I thought, oh, shoot, that's, this is a hard thing to do for one take. But I mean, I have no other choice. So let's, let's not mess this up. And I feel like I did fine. I said good. Uh, I was good. It was a good learning experience. It was a lot. And when it was over, it was over. Were there any particular moments performing in scenes with Pennywise that you remember that were super fun? Let's see. Pennywise, super fun. I remember stabbing him uh, in the eye. Not really. I, <laughs> this would be bad. I, I was supposed to stop before it hits his eye. And then they, you know, photos, you know, they, I don't know, Adobe Photoshop it. I don't know. But that was nervous because that was my first day I ever got to know uh, meet him. And I was like, okay, now let me try not to hit you with this. And yeah, that was the thing. He was a great guy. <laughs> I really loved the whole, you know, everyone tried to hide, like Pennywise, away from us because they wanted the fear to be genuine. And then... Also, but at the same time, he's like in the other room in crafty, you know, drinking coffee out of a straw. Right. <laughs> he had makeup on his face. So right. it was really hard not to see him. So <laughs> me meeting him for the first time was not really as the first time because I saw him like not 20 minutes ago, you know, sipping, sipping on that straw. Right. So, uh, <laughs> and all I really got was that, man, he's tall. Um, that was my first reaction. And uh, yeah, no, he's a really great guy. Amazing actor. Terrifying seeing him act. And really glad that he's not really a murderous clown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sophia, so what's uh, coming up next for you? What can we see you next then? I am currently in line to do this Western film called The Thicket. It's based off the book, The Thicket, same title. I feel like it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't, I can't wait to ride horses and whatnot. Boys want, I never really knew this, but after I heard about the project, I was like, man, I, I've always wanted to do a Western because I just feel like it's going to be so much fun to do because I've never done it before. And I never, I never even thought about the idea of me doing a Western before, like I couldn't, I couldn't think about it until after, after I heard about the ticket, I was like, Oh, that's what I'm missing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I can't wait. I'm really excited for that. It's got so many good people on it. They got new me They got Peter Dinklage. They got, you know, uh, Charlie Palmer. They got everybody. And I feel like it's going to be so much fun. That is so fun. Your diverse portfolio of projects is unbelievable. Well, I mean, congratulations on all of it. It's so fun to watch. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. That's so nice. Well, Sophia, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and doing this again. We really appreciate your time. It really yes. means a lot to us. Thank you. No, thank you, guys. It was Thank really fun um, doing this interview again. It was a lot of fun. You guys are really nice. That was the Boo Crew Podcast episode 120. Special thanks to our guest, Sophia Lillis. Follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Sophia Lillis. See I Am Not Okay With This on Netflix and Gretel and Hansel on VOD Now and on Blu-ray and DVD May 5th. Get the soundtrack, by the way, on Waxwork Records by Robin Kudair, a.k.a. Rob. It is fantastic. 
fantastic. Production tracks for this episode provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying stay safe, stay healthy, and sweet screens. Why do you always do that? I don't always do anything. Not a clock. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting. Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. Horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.